You're listening to 1 plus 2 plus 3 plus 4, the show where we ask creative minds 10 questions about their passion and their process. I'm Jose James. Today's guest is the groundbreaking composer, pianist, and band leader, Robert Glasper. Once I realize that my music is a part of somebody's life and changed their life in some way, I know what I'm here for. And that's it. Robert has been nominated for seven Grammy Awards and has won three, including Best Soundtrack and Best R&B Album. He is the recipient of an Emmy Award for Outstanding Original Music in Ava DuVernay's documentary film, 13th. His groundbreaking trio work and the pioneering Robert Glasper Experiment Project have helped to both shatter the boundaries of jazz and to further its possibilities for generations to come. He has collaborated with a who's who of musical luminaries, including Herbie Hancock, Stevie Wonder, Kendrick Lamar, The Roots, Terrace Martin, Mostef, and Erica Badu. I sat down with Robert on the Blue Note Jazz Cruise in between shows somewhere in the Caribbean. Here's what we talked about. This episode contains explicit language. Motherfucking Robert Glasper. <laughs> <laughs> I might use that. That sounds like That's a nice kind of nice. That's kind of cool. That's kind of nice. Motherfucking Robert Glasper. <laughs> yeah. Glasper. I got it. Right. Glasper. That, right. That's the, that's the one. That's the one. Layla has to do that Melodyne for me. Melodyne. Have you heard Layla do that other voice she does? It's no. really funny. What is it? It's like a voice she does where with a person that can't sing. <laughs> It's so good. It's that tone, everything. <laughs> and the pitch is off. It's so funny. Oh, I would Lord. definitely have her do that. That's hilarious. <laughs> um, we were talking about what you are working on right now, which is yeah. Yeah. everything. Yeah. I, uh, um, I, yeah, at the, mo- at the present time, right now, I'm working on a film score um, for this uh, Apollo Theater documentary. Um, that apparently net, um, HBO has picked up. Dope. And so I'm going to finish that score as soon as I get off the um, boat here. And I've been doing a lot of scoring lately. Well, that's kind of what I want to do. I want to get into that. Because mm. right now I'm two for two. <laughs> mm. Well, no, three. I just I just finished scoring this um, documentary called Mr. Soul. Okay. I heard about that. Yeah. Yeah, man. And it's amazing about this dude who started this um, show basically before Soul Train. It's like Soul Train before Soul Train. Right, right. Except the artists that go on there was like Stevie Wonder and Earth, Wind & Fire. It was their first time being on TV. Wow. And you could actually do whole sets. Wow. Like a whole like 40 minutes, bro. That's dope. And then they started Angela Davis on there and Muhammad Ali and, you know. We need that Louis Farrakhan and all. I mean, so many people. I mean, it was, you know, and it just got too black and President Nixon shut it down mm. <laughs> basically after right. three years um, so I scored that and it just won like urban best best music documentary at the Urban Jazz Festival oh. I mean at the Urban Music uh, Film Festival mm-hmm. it's doing really well in the film festivals and then uh, I scored that jazz uh, the, the movie on Miles Davis uh, Miles Ahead yes that, sir uh, Don Cheadle produced and directed and starred in and starred in and made the snacks in and, hey he picked me up in the Uber. He drove the Uber that picked me up. Right. <laughs> he did everything in that joint. Yeah. Um, I scored that, and we actually won a Grammy for that for Best Soundtrack. Congrats. And then um, the song I did on the Ava DuVernay's The 13th, the very last song on the 13th, I wrote the title song, and we ended up winning an Emmy for that, me and Common. He and, got, man. Yeah, and the Kareem Reeves. You're getting close, bro. Man. You're getting close. Yeah, I, so Common has an chops. ego. All he needs is, all he needs is a... Uh, <laughs> Oh, he's a Tony, Tony Award. Yeah, we're, we're we're talking about writing an opera. Oh shit! Not an opera, a play, a Broadway play. Mm. You know, we're talking about writing a Broadway play for real. So, with Common, yeah, because I I opened for him last year and he was doing what seemed to be mm-hmm. geared towards Broadway. Gotcha. Yeah. About his life. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. Like, he, this seems he like that whole he's thing moving. About yeah. His life. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's yep. what's up. Yes, sir. What can he do? I know, right? <laughs> so much. He has his hands in so much stuff. It's, well, it's really inspiring you. to watch. I was actually talking about you. Oh, this, really? this is awkward now. Oh, it is weird. Yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> what can he do? <laughs> That's crazy. Oh, uh, Black Radio Three. Can we talk about it? Yeah, sure. I don't have much to say, but because <laughs> I haven't started <laughs> it yet, it's in my mind. Yeah. Um, I've talked to a few people about it, and I get the, I get I got a lot of yeses from different people. I wanted. Um. Not everybody I wanted. 
and a lot of times with all my black radios, I don't get what I want mm. all the time. I just like, I always say with all my records, the universe produces half of it. Mm. <laughs> the universe is always a co-producer of my record because shit never goes 100% the way I want it to go, but it always works out. I can't imagine anybody saying no, though. The, well, not necessarily saying no, but it's more so, well, it depends on how high I try to go. Got you. If I'm like, I want Adele, mm, <laughs> that might be a no. <laughs> you know, depends on how I try to go. Right. But it's more so like, like even with one and two, like there are artists that, that really want to do it, but the schedules weren't, couldn't get the scheduling right. Or they have a record coming out at the same time my record's going to come out. Mm. So they can't be a part of it because then they'll be helping me beat them. You know what I mean? Are they mad now. Grammys and all. Like, you, I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. It, it, time, so, time travel back. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all kinds of things. And sometimes it's label to label situations right. where labels have beef with other labels. That's happened. Politics. Politics gets in the way, man. And the musicians, the artists just want to make music. Exactly. You know, so I had a lot of that. It was, it's a very stressful time that making a black radio record is not easy. Mm. You know, my first one, I canceled three times. Canceled the, the sessions. session? Yeah, because because in, in, in my mind, I, what I want I want to have all the artists in the studio. Okay. I didn't want to be the studio track, you know, all that stuff. The whole thing was live band, musicians, singers in the in the studio. Right, right. You know, so to get Vibing. that, to make that happen, that takes some scheduling, you know what I mean? And people kept canceling at the last minute, you know what I mean? And blah, 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 blah. So I gave up. After the third time, I just gave up. I went mm. on tour. I had a tour booked already with my band, so we went on tour. My manager calls me the second day, the second week of the tour. Like, I don't know what happened, but all the artists are available this week. Wow. And they all can come to L.A. Mm. So we Everybody. Had, like, yeah. wow. So we canceled the tour in the middle of the tour. I had two days before we canceled the last tour. The last, we had two more gigs. Then we'll fly to L.A. Mm. So I had to bring me a keyboard to my hotel room so I can try to work on some music. Wow. You know, so I wrote a few songs in my hotel room. And then as soon as I got there, um, yeah, they start coming through. That's why I have a lot. More. That's why I have like six covers mm. on the on the album because I don't have any original songs. How do you shift from that like tour mode? And it's like, nope, your life is about to completely change, right? <laughs> and you know, and you have to deliver. Yeah, like that's pressure, right? Yeah, but you know what? I've always worked better under pressure. Mm. That's just my life. I've always worked better under pressure. Last minute, that's just who, who, what I do. You know, if, I have, if I have too much time, I'm like, mm. <laughs> you know, yeah, I, I, yeah I, I love working under pressure because then I focus hardcore. Mm. So, I mean, the first black radio took five days Wow, to record. The second black radio took six days to record. I got and you. that's having everybody come by the studio, everything. So this one's not going to be, that's the other thing. Black radio three is going to be a little different because... It's not going to necessarily be everybody coming to the studio because this is going to be producer based as well. Mm. So there'll be something I'll I'll go wherever the other artist is. I'll go where they are, and I'll have the track. You know That's what I mean? Up. And then blah 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 blah. blah you know? I love this man. Yeah. I love because because you connect people and you pull in talent. Yeah, and you, you shine the light and you get it shown back, and it's like this beautiful yeah reciprocal energy. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. So it's any uh, uh any ideas like. Can drop anything like Kaytranada? Who, who you thinking? <laughs> James Blake? Well, definitely Kaytranada. We talked about it already. Yeah. He's already in because we did that EP. We did an EP together. Yeah, he's dope and he's super dope. You know what I mean? So definitely him and my, and my best friend Brian Michael Cox, um, yep. producer, super producer, and and, uh, and Terrace. And I talked to Jazzy Jeff. Ooh, you know about Hell something. Yeah. And uh, I'm still not even done talking to people. Those are just. Of course, so when I go to LA to work, I'm just going to primarily be working with Terrace and Brian mm. and getting some sounds. But then it, it'll, 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 it'll eventually just do what it's going to do, and I'm reach out to this person, that person, that person, like you know, all that shit. So y'all heard it here keep first. Your phone, keep your phone on, Jose. You know what I'm saying? Keep your phone on, man. <laughs> uh, what's the most unexpected thing that's happened in your career besides this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, yeah. every Grammy I've won, I didn't expect that shit, bro. Mm. The first one, Black Radio, is probably the biggest, like, what in my career. That was huge for all of us, it, man. That's what I'm saying. I felt like, us, yeah. exactly, I felt like I won that for all of us, mm -hmm. for everybody. Because then, I felt like once we won that Grammy, it, it opened the door 
a little more. Yeah. And open their minds a little more. Mm-hmm. And now people with it they you don't have to be a cookie cutter kind of sound to win a Grammy. It lets people know you don't have to sound like Usher. You know what I mean? Or right. Chris Brown. Like they kinda of put they like they like to put black people in the box a lot of times. Mm. This is what the black sound is, and if you're not that, there's no other categories for you. you right. Know? So now they kind of opened it up to where bands can win. Like, you know, people can get in there. Highest Coyote gets in there. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, uh, uh, the internet. I love you that. Know? Yeah. yeah. Snarky Puppy mm-hmm. with Layla. You know, all, all, like, all that kind of stuff, man. Before that, they weren't doing that for R&B. Right. <laughs> right, right. You know what I mean? Not at all. So I was, I'm so happy that they, when I got nominated, I was like, that's it. I'm good. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I was expecting to fucking win, especially who I was going up against. It's like, you know, I was like, nah. But yeah, the, I would say in my musical career, that's probably the one that was like, boom, like, oh, snap, you know, because that just boosted everything, you know what I mean? And then we got nominated again for Black Radio 2, mm-hmm. album of the year. We won something off the album, like a best R&B song, me and Layla did Jesus Children of America. But just to be nominated again for R&B album of the year, you know, that's a big one. Huge, man. And the, the thing people don't know is the year that I won was the first year it's never been televised. Wow. Because I'm not good TV. Mm. Who's this black guy? They mm. don't know me. Mm. You know what I mean? They mm-hmm. took it off the air because it's not good TV for them. Mm. Meanwhile, you can see... I, I, every time I watch the Grammys, there's always some new person I've never heard of, that, but they're not, they're not black. You know right. what I mean? Some, exactly. some white person or whatever it is. And they're, they're new. They have the hot album and it's, mm. on, it's on there and people get to know who they are right. on that big stage. Exactly. And that would have been great if I could have been... Because in my mind, when I got nominated, it's like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. They're going to show my picture in that square. Right, 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 right. right. <laughs> Even if I don't win, my picture was showing, is going to be shown in the square. Yeah. That's huge. Mm. You know, but they took that joint off the air. So now what they do, they have R&B category and then they have contemporary... What do they call it? Contemporary, like urban, urban, yeah. urban contemporary. Right. Depending on who's in those two categories, tells you which one's going to be televised. Mm. So, R and B got completely taken off the the um, televised portion until Beyonce did Eliminate. Mm. The year she did Eliminate, they put it her in R and B category. They showed the TV, which was cool because King was in that category. Right, right. Uh, who else? A bunch of people we know, you yeah. know, and I was happy for them. Right. I knew they were going to lose. Right. They knew they were going to lose. Right, right, right. You know why it's on TV now. So yeah. it's politics. So, but they got their picture shown in that square and their name said, you know what I mean? But that's, you know, I'm, I'm happy for people like Esperanza. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Because that yeah. boosted her career so much. They could have, they could have, you know, luckily Justin Bieber was in the category. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> so they kept it on television or whatever. I don't know, you know, but it's, it's, uh, that means something for it to be on TV, so other so many people can discover who you are. Absolutely, because they will look, they will Google, right? You know? Like check you out. Espy yeah. was the most Google person that year. Mm. They did a thing. She was the most Google person. Everybody's trying to find out who is this black girl mm. that beat Justin Bieber. Wow! <laughs> All his fans were googling her. Yeah, that's right. That was huge. That was that absolutely was huge. huge, man. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, she's. Way more talented, pound for pound. You know what I'm saying? She deserves it. Shout out to Espy. Shout out to Espy. People often ask about the who, what, when, how, and where of creation, but they rarely ask why. Mm. Why do you create? I create because I've, I've realized, I know what music does for me. Like when my mom passed, music is what kept me together and helped me through that whole situation. Mm. Certain albums... This is Jason Moran record, Live at the Village Vanguard. And he has a song called Gentle Shift South. Mm. And it's just him playing, and there's a recording of his grandparents talking. Wow. And it's just like, you know, and it really gives me peace. And it's just, uh, that was one of the songs. And um, music just does that for me. You know, I I know the specific thing I I can put on, it'll take me to a place. Mm. So when I've heard, I've heard so many people tell me, you know, we delivered our baby to your music. Mm. We've had, matter of fact, Amari Hardwick told me, <laughs> he was like, yo, my second, my daughter, like, we delivered her to your music. Like, delivered her. Wow. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, shit. So when I hear people like, even like, obviously, when it's somebody famous, it's like, oh, snap. That's mm. crazy. But just the average person, when they say, we delivered our baby to your music, we make love to your music, we got married to your music, you know, I was having a hard time, I was going through this. I've had people, many people tell me they were going to commit suicide. Wow. And they say my music stopped them from doing it. Wow. Like many people. If I go in my DMs right now, I'm mm. sure if I look enough, I get that a lot, man. And 
that's why I do it. Mm. To change people's lives. I'm so over playing for other musicians. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. A lot of a lot of musicians tend to play for other musicians. You know, it's like you want the you want the musician love. I get it. I did. I I wanted that when I was younger. Mm. You know, I want to be the fastest. And... Musician love. <laughs> <laughs> the brand new hit by Robert Glasper. Musician, musician love. love. <laughs> musician love. Musician love. Hey. Give me the licks. <laughs> you don't remember? No, yeah. I know exactly what you mean. Once I realized that my music is a part of somebody's life mm. and changed their life in some way, I know what I'm here for. Amen. And that's it. And I want to continue to be good at it mm. for my son. Right. <laughs> right. The better I am at it, mm. the more money I can make, Feel the me. more money that I can, that I can, I can keep, the more control I have of my career the better dad I can be. Mm-hmm. Sometimes if you're a slave to the, the system of being a musician, you just got to take every gig that you can take right? because you have to pay bills. Yeah. And I understand that 100%. Yeah. My mom was a musician. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I know what that is. So I don't want to do that. I want to I want to be able to take control of my situation so I can spend more time with him. And, you know, he comes out with me all the time, you know, so he knows the life, you know, and all that stuff. and comes overseas sometimes, you mm-hmm. know. So we have fun. Yeah. He's a great kid, man. He's, He's awesome, man. I love him. One of my favorite kids. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah. That sounded weird, but you know. Yeah, I mean. right. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> Uncle Jose won't be <laughs> won't be watching you anymore. Oh, <laughs> uh, what's your favorite? <laughs> Dad, where's Uncle Jose? <laughs> Don't worry about it, son. <laughs> We don't talk about him anymore. We don't talk about him anymore. <laughs> he never made it off the cruise. I don't right, know. right, 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 right. The tragic accident at sea. <laughs> What's your favorite thing on earth right now outside of your creative field? Or I should say creative fields because, you know, producer, mm-hmm. music, legend. I love basketball. Hey. And I found out a few days ago that I'm not as good as I was in my mind. Oh, what happened? We played upstairs. You got dunked on by somebody? By a girl. Oh. With a dress on. Nice. She crossed me over. Nice. She wasn't even trying to play, really. She wasn't even, she was like, I guess I'll play. (laughs) Yo, turned out she played college ball. Oh, okay. She was so unassuming, so I was like, oh, I got this in the bag. Plus, she was short. Right. I'm like, it's crazy. I might dunk on her. (laughs) Man, she crossed me over so hard, Cora. Wow. I fell on the ground. <laughs> it was bad, man. <laughs> it was bad. So, but I love, I love watching the game. Mm. I'm actually gonna shoot the, the first shot for the Rockets game next month. Oh, really? Yeah, they're gonna play the Spurs. That's I'm gonna fly down to Houston and shoot the first shot. But I've been, I've been, I mean, I've been such a fan of basketball since I was a kid. I played in junior high and I played in high school. Mm. What position? Uh, small forward. And well, at some points, two guard, but um, small forward mostly. But yeah, man. So I love watching sports. You know, watching movies. I watch a lot of movies now, but it's connected to music because I'm I like I, I love checking out the soundtracks. Right, You're checking out the, all this. Yeah, yeah. I'm checking out all the stuff and seeing what what music makes the scene. How's mm. it How's it affect the scene? You know what I mean? It's funny when you get me. I get a lot of movies before there's music in it, mm. and you can see how much of an impact music makes in the movie. Wow. Or knowing when to take music out. Mm. Like that scene in Boys in the Hood? Yeah. No, was that Boys in the Hood? Oh, Ricky! He's right. running. Right, right, right. Then they, there's no music there. I think it's... Yeah. Also, Men's Society. Mm. The, the, the... Right. Drive-by? The drive-by. Oh, man. They yeah. was, they, they, shh, no sound. Mm. You know what I mean? So it's just like when you choose to put music and when you choose to take it out because... Silence is, is sound. Too. Mm. Silence is music. You know what I mean? It's like you're leaving space. Right. You know, leaving space is just as important as playing a note. You just got to know where to do it. Because they have effects. They both have effects. You know. Some people think you have to keep playing to have an effect. It's like, no. Shutting up has an effect. Right. <laughs> right. You talk your way out of the pussy. Because <laughs> you talk too much. Right. 
I've had women say, you know, you hear women say that, like, right. he had it 30 minutes ago. Exactly. But no, mm-mm, now right. he, mm-mm. <laughs> like, know when to stop talking. Yeah, Derek Hodge just mentioned that, too. Uh, we talked earlier, mm-hmm. and he was saying, like, leaving space in the music is like letting space for God to come in. Exactly. You know? Yeah. I say it's like having an apartment and letting other people move their furniture in. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah. a little like giving them a soundtrack to their thoughts mm. and letting them figure things out. Because uh, sometimes, especially in jazz, in the jazz world, it's just everything's filled up. People are doing something all the time. There's right. no space. It's rarely, it's rarely times where it's just, it's just a pad of sound mm. and it's just there and it's there for a few minutes. Right. It's like meditation. It mm. gives you that, you know? And I, I, people always ask me, do I meditate and stuff, you know? And I, I heard Erica say something one time. Erica Badu, she, she was, a, we had did a, a thing with the Roots um, together. And afterwards, there was people, there were people asking questions and stuff. And they asked Erica, you know, do you meditate? Mm. How, how do you meditate? Because the first thing you're going to think is, yes. Right. You know, you probably right. see her every morning. Mm, in the garden. In the garden. Levitating. Exactly. With gnomes, black all, gnomes. <laughs> all that. Right. And she has a garden. You ever, you ever been to her crib? Black gnome. You been to her crib before in Dallas? No, no, oh man, no. yeah. She she has bathtubs. Yeah, actual bathtubs with yeah. the legs. And nice. A bunch of those in her front yard and backyard, mm. and their gardens in it, like mm. the food in it. You know? mm. And she grows her own food. Wow. And and yeah, but anyway, uh, they asked to do some meditation. She said, "My life is a meditation." Mm. I've never heard that before. I was like, "Wow, my life is a meditation." Mm. So I, I, in my mind, I'm like, oh, that makes sense because when I play, I literally go there. I'm literally meditating. Like mm. when I'm playing, like there's there's times where I close my eyes and I'm in it, which is some a lot of those times where we just hit something and repeat it over and over and over again. The mantra, you know what I mean, and leave that space and that I'm in the meditative space there. You know, so I, I always say when I play, I'm meditating. That's beautiful, and you're bringing up people to another space, another level. Exactly, man. Mm. So I'm. It's a blessing to be able to say your job is meditation. Wow. Because most people can't say that. You Tick, know what I mean? Not Han and you, basically. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is an interesting one. What's what's one question you wish people would ask you? One question I wish people would ask me. I like the question you just asked me. Hmm. Why do I play? That's very rare. That's a very rare question. And that, to me, I feel is the most important question because I think more musicians need to hear my answer. Mm. You know, because a lot of people play for the wrong reasons. Jose's door just knocked, and I think it's an escort service. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah, you know, that whole question, the the whole purpose of this podcast was my frustration with being asked the same question mm-hmm. over, over and over, over again yeah. for a decade yeah. with wildly different projects. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm on album eight, seven, yeah. and people yeah. acting like I'm brand new, like reading from Wikipedia. So, so when did you meet Giles Peterson? Right. And I'm like, I hate when people 12 ask years me ago. Questions. Yeah. Like you can fill those in when you write the shit. Right. That's, Google, right. that's a Google question. Right. Be a little more creative. Exactly. Like your job is to kind of dig in and be a little bit more creative. Don't ask me where I'm from. Exactly. You can feel it in yourself. Right. Hopefully. A lot of times. Or because maybe they, maybe they can. If, but if it's printed, right. you can. True. Robert Glass from Houston. But if, if it's a talking thing, okay, because a lot of people don't know who we are. Exactly. So I understand that when they when they when it's an interview and they have to hear your voice, then you're starting from scratch with a lot of people. Mm. But if you're printing it in the magazine or something, don't ask me where I'm from. Right. Like you could say that. That's a waste of time. <laughs> It's a waste of time. Exactly. You know, for real. I'm not. I'm, I'm, I never expect that everybody knows who the hell I am. I know more people don't know who I am than know who I am. I know mm-hmm. that for sure. You know what I mean? So it's like I'm all about introducing myself to new people, but just don't take up the time with stuff you can do yourself. Let's exactly. Research yourself. You know. So where are you from, brother? Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, <sighs> often the public is only able to see the tip of the iceberg on a creative project. Mm-hmm. They don't see the years of hard work, the setbacks, the breakthroughs, the hard decisions that get made every day. Right. For you, how does a project start? And, and when, if ever, does it end? Um, a project starts in my phone. All my projects from 2005 hmm. until now have been because of my voice notes. Right. 
and I literally, all, anybody who knows me really well, you know, if I if I break off running out of nowhere because I'm in a loud place, mm. they know I have an idea and I have to hump it in my phone. Gotcha. And I, I'm. I wish they thought you had to use the bathroom. Right. Exactly. Now I know. Right. Now you know. Bro, that, I'm like that. It'll be a bass line. It'll mm. be a melody. Mm. You know, some lyric thing or something like that. And then later on, at some point, I'll go back and revisit it. And if I can understand what the fuck it was, right? <laughs> then I'll try to remember. Right. All my albums, I will say probably 80% of the songs comes mm. from that. Because as musicians, every day we write songs. Right. Walking to the elevator, yeah. taking the shit. Like, yeah. we literally write melodies and mm. we let them go. Right. Because that's just what we do. Right. And I, so I, I learned to stop letting them joints go. Because mm. reality is the magic doesn't come. When it's time to write a song, the magic doesn't come when I decide I'm going to set the piano and write a song. Right. That's when the universe gives me the song. Mm. No. The universe gives you the song when you're not supposed to be thinking about the song. Right. You know what I mean? They, the universe gives me the song when I'm, I've been at the fucking toilet. Mm. You know, the ne- next to two dudes. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. And I'll just take out my phone and start singing them up. Hold my dick. You know, looking at me crazy. Right. Or on a on a train or yeah. anything like that. That's when the that's when you get inspired. Mm. I'm not one of those guys that gets inspired at my instrument. Mm. You know what I mean? I get inspired by things outside of my instrument and then I bring it to the instrument. I love that. You know what I mean? That focus. Yeah. And so that I learned to just do that and that, it helps me so much. What happened before Black Radio Two though was I lost my phone. Oh no. <laughs> so I lost my. I had to start all over. I didn't have wow. any of those ideas and everything. So now I know the real the, the the joints that I know. Like I really like this. I email it. Gotcha. You know, so that I won't lose it. I'm actually in a in a place of terror right now because I got a new iPhone. Yep. Everything was quote unquote backed up. Yep. When I went in my voice memos, they're all like blank. Oh. So I need to restore. So I I'm like, right. My album's gone. Right. The whole thing. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Oh wow. Um. What are your thoughts on solo work versus collaboration? Solo work is easier. Because mm. <laughs> it, it's kind of my time and my flow. And it's all up to me. And it's just, it's easier. Versus having to deal with 20 singers. Word. Or, you know, like my last, Black Radio 2 had 22 guests. Mm. Black Radio 1 had 12 guests. Wow. You know what I mean? So... Because when you deal with one singer, you're dealing with their manager. Right. You're dealing with their lawyer. Stylist. You're dealing with their record. Rec- you're dealing with their Hair, stylist. Makeup. All, all that. Yeah. The record company. Yeah. So, so with with that one person, there's still another seven people. Right. Right. And half of those are going to be idiots. Right. You know. Uh oh. Uh oh. Everything just takes forever. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And so yeah. That was one of the problems doing a record like like a black radio record because it's uh, you have to deal with. With one person, there's seven people. Hmm. So when you think about it, I had 22 people. Wow. Times seven is something. Too many. Uh, yeah, Way exactly. Too many. Way too many. Way too many emails <laughs> and phone calls. Waiting. And then on top of that, like I said, the label-to-label shit. Mm. There's the, one label hates the other label for some reason, so now they're using that right. as a thing. You know, it's, it's so much, bro. It's fascinating, like, right? Because, you know, you start out, you're like looking at albums and stuff oh they collabed and then when you break through and you see how actually difficult it is for mm-hmm. artists to just get together oh yeah in a studio yeah. write a song and record it it's actually very difficult very hard it becomes something you just say yeah people always say hey man we gotta get together it's like, right. yeah. yeah yeah the jazz talk hey man we gotta play right. no, we, no we don't right you know <laughs> People are, oh, I, I call it jazz. There's so much jazz talk right, in a lot, right, and right, right. you're hanging out in the lobby, man. Yeah. Man, we got to get together, man. We got to do a session. Right. I don't have time for a session. Right. I got a son. <laughs> I got work to do. I, I got you time know, to go you, jam with your ass. You EGOT, know what I mean? Like, you got. I got to get an e got. I got two more to go. Exactly. Man, come on. <laughs> you know, but yeah, but being by yourself, you don't have to worry about all that stuff. You right. know what I mean? You kind of just do you and get it on your time and is it? But. There is beauty in collaboration. When it's finally done, it's worth the work. Mm. You know what I mean? It's when I look at both my Black Radio albums, it was worth every amount of stress. Amen. You know? Every point I gave up. <laughs> it was <laughs> every it was time worth you it. lost your phone. Every time I lost my phone, nobody. Because the funny thing is, nobody sees your points. Right. Nobody cares about that. Right. They just know you made a good album, mm. and they know you won a Grammy or you did not. Right. They don't. They don't care. He didn't win a Grammy, but he kept. 14 points. Nobody knows what you're making. Or exactly. Point. They don't even understand what a point is. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Fuck. So, you know, you got to be smart about it. Mm. You know, throw away this small fish to catch a big fish. 
because the big fish is going to get you more work anyway. Mm. You get a Grammy, or you do a record that's just one of the big a big record. Yeah, that's going to get you more money anyway. True, it's going to get you more work. It's going to put you in the right rooms. You know what I mean? So you just got to look at it like that. That's what that's what that's for. Mm. Some people try to, you know, keep all of zero. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like. Dude, what were you doing? It's like, yeah. yeah, but it's all mine. It's all mine. It's all mine. Yeah, all of that that no one's ever going to hear. That's hilarious. You know, you have to know when to give away something. Mm. Give, even with like record labels, they they don't understand. A lot of people don't understand the game of how mm. you're supposed to give away song. People like to the old school way of doing things. I'm working on a record. It's going to be secret, right? Until I decide to put the whole record out, it's right. going to be secret. First of all, people are still finding out who you are, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. In your in our small jazz world, especially, mm. people are still wait, give away some songs, bro. Right. That's how you do that, especially now because you're not making any money off songs. Mm. It's all streaming now. Mm-hmm. Money money's not a non factor. Your album is promotion. Right. That's all your record is. Your album is promotion, and to hopefully get people's butts in the seats to buy tickets. Exactly. To come see you play. You know what I mean? So give some songs away to the streets. Boom boom. So then at that point, because that's what this is what happens when you give just. I, like my last few records I give like two or three songs away for free before the album comes out not even on no corny download the album first and mm. you get one for free for right, you right. know just let the shit just go just like let it go yeah. let it go because then people look forward to your album because it's not a secret they're like oh, I can't wait the album come out because of this song right you know what and I mean and they can share that song and they share that song people talk about it yeah people talk about it so when mm. your record finally is for sale people are gonna jump on it yeah that's that's how you do that. You got to give them something, mm. you know. People who are bigger than us, Rihanna knows that. Right. Drake knows that. They're giving everything. Beyonce up. knows right. that. They all know that, you yeah. know. But the jazz world, they don't know that. They, right. they, we're all like, no, you know. And they, and they all, everybody wants to do the, you know, the oh, we got to wait for five months before you put your album out. Right. So we do the proper setup. A, a setup in jazz is. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to him. Talk to him. A setup in jazz is getting you a random article in Downbeat. Right. That might be it. I don't even know what else is there. Yeah. What else is bigger than Downbeat in jazz? Maybe uh, a thing in Downbeat and maybe getting an interview on NBR or right. something. Yeah. Totally. That's all you got. Totally. I, my Twitter is bigger than both of those. <laughs> I don't need, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. now you have social media, mm. you can do your own, you can do your own promotion. True. You know what I mean? People know how to get at you directly now. Mm. You know what I mean? But the whole like waiting five months for this and then it's like, yo, gotta be faster. Yeah. The streets need this now. Because people forget about you in five months. Dude. Yeah. Quickly. Yeah. They will forget about you. So it's 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 just, you, you have to learn how to play the, you look at the other genres and see why, why they are rising and why we why the jazz world is not. Mm. Learn from it. Look at it. It's easy. Look at it. I just, I just looked at it and was like, oh, mm. that's what y'all doing. Okay. I had my fights with the label, you know, and I won. And I was like, my record, this is how I want to do it. And then mm. after, after it worked, they're like, oh, mm. okay. You know what I mean? But it's all right there, you know? So you just have to get rid of the old way of doing things and, mm. and jump into the new way. You can't stay the old way and expect to, <laughs> expect to rise and expect True. things to happen. You just can't. You can't. You know, those days of, you know, this song bought me that house. Mm. Over unless you wrote happy, right? Or do you want to build a snowman? <laughs> or do you want to build a snowman? <laughs> Which I wrote, by the way. Right, this is, right. This is my boat. Um, this is your boat. What a mini. What's your opinion on the some things are for money and some things are for art's sake concept? What about what's my opinion? Yeah, do you believe in that? Do you subscribe to that? Some things are for money. Some things are for art. Yeah, sure. Mm. Yeah, you do. Are you asking if I do that? I'm not asking if you do it. I'm just saying, uh, asking your opinion on it. Yeah, I mean, I, it depends on the artist. It depends on what you're trying to do. Everybody, I, I don't think, I think most people in, in music aren't trying to be, you know, artists that break through and become some, you know, they're, they're not trying to be an original artist and, be, and really be true to the art. Mm. A lot of people are just fascinated by what it brings you. Oh, you could be a rapper and do that? Mm. I can rap. Right. I'll do that. Right, right. You know what I mean? Like, if nobody made money in rap, you have way less rappers. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that is true. Way less rappers, yeah. you know? If a, if you're a jazz musician, mm. you are here for the art. That's true. Period. Mm. <laughs> I don't know a jazz musician that's here for the... There's nothing else to... It gives you nothing else. Mm. It's for the art. <laughs> <laughs> 
some free drinks. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what I can say. The genre itself, it's, mm. it's, it's, you're here for the art. Mm. You know what I mean? But when you get into the other stuff, you know, I, I feel like if you if you get into some other genre of music, genres of music that, you know, obviously are the, the bigger genres in the world, the most popular, a lot of people see what people like that get, the right. private jets, the right. this, the this, the reality shows, and they're attracted to that. Mm. And so they like, oh, let me get in this. And some people get in it quickly with one song. Right. One song. They're in there. Quick, mm. You know? There's nobody in jazz that can play a solo that's going to get you in anything. <laughs> Your solo's amazing. And then you're... <laughs> you, <laughs> you, you, you skyrocket and you have a jet or some shit. That, yeah. doesn't, that doesn't happen. You know? That doesn't happen. But it's you, you do that. You do that. I mean, I, I, I feel like that's why you feel in the jazz world, it's, you know... Uh, it's more honest, more touching. Mm. When it, when it's a music that my favorite musicians are the ones that haven't quite made it in the big time. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they just because it's real for them. It's a it's a you know you you feel the struggle and you know what it's you know you I, you can separate the men from the boys and what the the real ones from the fake ones with mm. that you know by just how the music feels and how it sounds. You know what I'm saying? Because there are some people who actually make money, but they're in it for the art. Right. But they just happen to make money. When they're doing it right, you right. know what I mean? Yeah, sure. Well, take us back to that that moment where you made that leap when it was, you know, it was your passion, and you decided to become a professional. Mm-hmm. Um, it was my passion. I decided to become prof- a professional musician when I saw Roy Hargrove. Mm. Rest in peace. Rest in peace, Roy. Yeah. Uh, Roy came to my high school. Wow. I think I was in twelfth grade. Maybe eleventh grade, maybe twelfth grade, but came to my high school. He had an overalls, a t-shirt, cap, Timberlands. His whole band was just like that. Mm. I was like, I never seen that. Yeah, I didn't know you could look like that and play jazz. Right. I didn't know you could have an all black jazz band mm. in today's time. The only ones I saw was, <laughs> you know, on yeah. TV. Yeah. And I lived in Houston, so I didn't see much jazz in person anyway. Mm. So all I had was TV. Or whenever you, whenever you saw that, there was no YouTube. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So it's, when you think about it, when do you see anything? You right. know what I mean? So the only jazz concert I saw in Houston was Herbie. Mm. When I was a senior, he came to a club. And that's the only actual real jazz concert I've ever seen when I was in college. Wow. I mean, when I was in, when I was in, um, in Houston. Yeah. My first one was Michael Jackson, 85. <sighs> My dad took me to the Victory Tour. Nice. 31st concert. I was seven. Never, nice. I'll never forget that. But... Yeah, so when I saw Rohagrove, I was like flabbergasted. I was like, "Oh my god!" You know, they look like me because mm. that's the whole thing. When you look like it, it doesn't seem so far fetched, right? You know what I mean? Just you, you kind of want to be with what you see. That's how mm. kids are. You know what I mean? You, what you're around, you see. That's kind of what you want to be like. I was like, "Oh man!" And he sounded great, killing. And but he had a something I could relate to. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And even the way he talked, I could relate to. He's from Texas too. Right, you know what right, I'm saying? Right. So it was just like a lot of stuff I was relating to, and he made me want to do it for real. Mm. And then I was like, I want to get serious about this. So I got my, I got a few scholarships to my favorite schools. I chose one. I chose New York. I got one to Berkeley too. You know, some other places. But I was like, everybody goes to New York after or after all these schools. Yeah, exactly. They're coming to New York. So let me get this head start now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and go to New York. Yeah. And Roy hired me my freshman year. Wow. To go on his first RH Factor tour. Mm. You know, and um, didn't know that. Yeah, I did. I did the very first work for RH Factor tour, and the first show we did was in Houston. Mm, wow! And my mom, this is what this is maybe a year before my mom passed. She passed wow. like maybe two years later. Um, but she literally, when we started playing, the first song, my mom walked in the club, walks up to the front of the stage, looks at Roy, and says, "Give my baby a solo." Mm. <laughs> <laughs> And walks off. Oh, my the whole band just die laughing, right, bro. Right. Die laughing. He was like, "Well, you heard the woman, right? Go ahead." You mm. know. So I took a solo. Of it. it was so funny, bro. That's love, though. Yeah, yeah, man. That's love. Yeah, but that that at that point, that's when I was like, "Okay, I want, I really want to do this." Wow. You know, that's why I chose to go to New York. A lot of my friends are going to Berkeley mm. from high school. A lot of my high school, Kendrick Scott, Walter Smith, like all my friends are going to Berkeley. But I. I I was thinking more of a business thing, like, you know what, if I go there now, to New York now, 
then I can, while I'm in school, I can be making these connections. I think you made the right choice. Bro. I made the right choice. Because as soon as I got to New York, that's where I met Bilal the first day of school. Yeah. And then we started, Ar- Ar- Arnie Lawrence hooked us up with, Ar- Arnie Lawrence hooked Arnie. us up. Arnie. Arnie, man. Yeah. Arnie, bro. Yeah. I just ran into his daughter. Okay. Ran into his daughter. She went, I, I got going to have coffee or something at one point because she's, mm. she's still doing stuff in the jazz community. Yeah, but, but Arnie was like, hey, man, um, I have a friend that has a studio mm. up the street, and it was the drummer for the Spin Doctors, um, um, Aaron Comas. Okay. And so, dude let me and Bilal go there and record for free. Nice. And we did Bilal's first demo there. Mm. And then a few months later, he got signed to Interscope Records. You wow. know, And then that was it for Bilal. And I started being his, his, his music director and going on tour with him. Mm. That's how I met Questlove and The Roots. Mm. I started playing in The Roots for years. And... That's where I, that's where I met everybody. That's where my other side came mm. in with Erica Badu and the Common, blah, 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 all these people because of that meeting Bilal and being wow. in the right place, you know. And there's if much, I would have went to Berkeley, kids right now wondering like, where should I go to school? Yeah, right. <laughs> my, my my thing is, I, I always thought about like you know, a lot of people go to school in a place where what they do doesn't thrive. Right. You know what I mean? It's like going, if you go to school, go to Iowa, if you, you want, go to Grinnell for jazz. And yeah, you know. it's, it's stupid. Like if you're yeah. going for, sorry, Grinnell. <laughs> if you want to be, great a, school. If you want to be a swimmer, don't go to school in the desert. You know what I mean? Like that right. doesn't make sense. You know, where are you going to swim? You know? So if you go somewhere for jazz and there's no place to play and there's, there's no scene really. Exactly. That defeats the purpose. But I, I get it. Everybody can't just move to New York. You know what I mean? It's expensive and blah, 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 blah. You know, but I'm like, yo, I, Shoot, I prefer you go to Queens College, right, and be in New York. Real that's, talk, that's better than going to any college anyway. Cause Queens College just got a big bump right now. I just I felt it one hundred percent. You know, but when you do that, you're in New York. Cause I learned yeah. most. I learned most of my stuff out of school. You know, you were in that school. I, I never school. saw you at school. I canceled out my freshman I, year. Grasper said, "No, he's not." No, <laughs> look, my freshman year, I canceled out of every every class they had. Yeah. So by the time I got to sophomore, they technically didn't have any more classes for me. Right. All the theory and ear training stuff. Yeah, I yeah, learned yeah. that in high school. I thought it was a joke because mm-hmm. we had to learn so much in high school that when we got there and they gave us the test, I it was funny. I was mm-hmm. like, you kidding me? Really? Yeah. All right. You know, so I canceled out a lot. So I just did ensembles. I did every ensemble like three, four times. Wow. And then, yeah, so I, I wasn't at school very much because then Roy took me out and I was out with Christian McBride a lot and, and, and Bilal. Yeah, you did your thing. And Russell Malone for years. You know what I mean? So... But that, that's what being in New York, and, and, but I learned from just being out in the scene in New York, too, mm-hmm. I man, just watching Cats in New York or being in those sessions, and that's where you learn, bro, because yeah. I was getting my ass kicked. When I first got to New York, my the first two years, every piano player thought I was a drummer. Wow. They thought I was a horrible drummer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 100%. Because when I would go there, yeah. if there was no piano players, yeah. I would sign up. Oh, and there was okay. no piano players yet. I would get there early. Right, 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 I would right, sign right, up right. and hope I can play before any piano players walked in. Especially yeah. the ones I, I knew, like Eric Lewis, mm. Anthony Wanzi, yeah. James Hurt. You mm. know, those guys. I was like, I don't want to play in front of them. And so I would sign up. I say sign my name. And then they would walk in. I'm like, fuck. Then the people first would call my name. And I would just get up and go to the drums. For real? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather be a horrible drummer than you think I'm a horrible piano player. So That's for, hilarious. So then it broke the, after like, literally after two years of Wanzi definitely seeing me, Anthony Wanzi seeing me play drums, I remember going up to him like, yeah, man, we should hang, I would love to hang out with you and get some pointers. <laughs> right. But in my mind, I'm thinking about the piano. Right, 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 right. He, and I wonder why he brushed me off He's all like, the time. He's like, I'm playing <laughs> So he saw me playing at a jam session in Brooklyn. Mm. I was playing keep. I was playing piano at the jam session. He walked in the jam session and was standing by the piano like, "Shook, what the fuck?" Yeah, shook. And and he that night he called Russell Malone wow. and told Russell, "You got to come check this dude out mm. because Anthony was booked a lot with Nicholas Payton and and Russell Malone, so he can do both." So that's how I got the um, Russell Malone gig. Because once he finally saw me play piano, that's hilarious. And then he got me that gig. I did that gig for like two and a half years. So know? sad you never made it as a drummer, man. I know. Sorry to end this on a <laughs> to a this down, day at a downer. Look, I still play drums. <laughs> I play drums at jam sessions. Right, right. I right. rarely ever play piano at jam sessions. I yeah. always play drums at jam sessions. You know what? It's weird because when people, when you go to a jam session, mm-hmm. and if the band's whack, ninety percent of the time, if you're not in New York, the band's probably going to be whack. Yeah, weird. You know. And if I'm playing piano in it, I've had people post. 
special guest Robert Glasser with right. the so-and-so quartet. Exactly. And blah, blah, blah. You know, so now I got to watch. Because every time I play, it's going to be phones out. Yeah. I got to watch what I'm doing now. I can't just sit down with anybody and play. Mm. You know what I mean? So sometimes I test the wires. I get on drums first. Mm. And depends on who get you know. Then if it's like, oh, these guys are bad, I, I play piano. Right. You know what I'm saying? But if it's whack as fuck, I'm not. I rather figure. Okay, nah, I'm, <laughs> I'm good. I gotta, I gotta pay attention to that shit now, because you'll be in the wrong situation. Exactly. Yeah, bro. Well, <sighs> final, uh, final question. Single tear. <laughs> um, legacy is a challenging word, but what would you like to pass on to the next generation? Um. I want to pass on just the the mindset of not conforming to what people tell you something is supposed to be. You know what I mean? Um, because there's always somebody. I, I I always say, you know, first of all, no learn. You know, always be interested in history and and learn the history. You don't have to learn everything there is about everything before you start something. You mm. know what I'm saying? But I'm just saying, be privy to the history and do your homework. You know what I mean? But at the same time, like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar said this about me. Mm. He he yeah. wrote, yeah, he did the, there was an NBA chat thing and he they asked him, you like music, right? Mm. And Kareem was like, yeah, they said, who you listen to? He said, Robert Glasper. Mm. I was like, oh shit. He was like, I love Robert because he knows the history and learned the history, but he's not held back by the history. Mm. You know what I mean? And a lot of people are just... You have back. that quote on your wall, don't you? I know, though? right? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, my dad does for sure. Yeah, uh, but and that and and that's the thing. I think that you find your true self when you when you do that. You know what I'm saying? When you're not afraid to say fuck it, because I think that's what music. I think with everything, the world evolves by those two words. Mm. Fuck it. Somebody said, these are the rules. Yeah. Fuck it. Mm. I'm going to do this. I'm going to try this. Mm. And that's how the world evolves in everything, in technology and music and in everything. Mm-hmm. Because if you just keep going, you know, we, would, we wouldn't have cell phones. You know what I mean? We, True. I mean, it goes even further back than that. Yeah. You know, we'd still be more as cold as some shit. You know, you somebody has to be like. Pay phone on the ship right yeah, now. Yeah, like. somebody has to say, that's all we, that's where we're at now. Mm. Mm. There has to be something else. Mm-hmm. Fuck it. Let me, you know. So that's what I want to imply. You know, I'm trying to tell, get people to understand that. It's not that I am anti-history, because I'm not. Mm. You know, I know my history. You know what I mean? I don't, there's a lot of history. I'm not saying I'm history, super history buff, but you can't hear me play and not know that I don't, and not hear I know the history. You know mm. what I'm saying? But at the same time, I'm me. I'm Robert Glasper, and I want to leave my legacy and who I am and my history. You know what I mean? So... To do that, you have to tap into who you are and not be afraid of where you come from and not be afraid of what has influenced you. Your music should sound different. My music should sound different than Train's music because I have so much more. There's so many more genres of music that have been born after Train died mm. that unless I walk around with my ear, hands to my ears, I'm going to be influenced by. Yeah. So either I'm ignoring my influences... You know what I'm saying? And specifically trying to sound like somebody else. Or I'm going with my influences. Mm. You know what I mean? And that's what you got to... That's what Train did. He was... If you're... Because the, the, the reality is this. If you're really trying to... Because uh, uh, a, a lot of jazz police say that shit. They say it's like, um, you know, keep the, the keep the tradition alive. Right. What about the tradition? Mm. Well, what era of the tradition are you talking about? Mm. Because it changes. The real tradition of jazz is that the shit changes every 10 years. Yeah. That's the actual tradition. And the real tradition of jazz is it pulled from things in that specific mm. time period. That's right. My favorite things wasn't a fucking jazz tune. Right. That was a Broadway tune. Mm-hmm. But it was cool to him to change it into a jazz tune. Mm. And now it's like, oh, it's awesome. It's amazing. You know what I mean? Because that's what they had to pull from. Mm. So that's what we have to do. We're doing the same. I'm doing the same thing. So in in reality, I'm keeping the tradition. Mm. If you really think about it. You know what I'm saying? If Absolutely. you really get down to it, I'm keeping the tradition. You know, the tradition is, of jazz is not to stay the same. That's the whole point of jazz is to be free, mm. unshackled, and move, right? And, and and the most famous jazz musician said it himself. He said, if it ain't moving, it's dead. Mm. Miles Davis said that. And that's everybody, all the jazz police, all their, fa- their favorite 
artist is Miles Davis. Right. right. <laughs> I'm like, how are you a jazz police and your favorite artist is Miles Davis? Right, right. You know what I mean? Like, Miles is doing hip-hop when he passed away. Exactly. He's like, that's what records are for. Do you want to hear that shit I did in 1940 mm. or 50 or 60? You want right to yeah. hear Birth of the Cool? Yeah. No problem. Here's the record player. Mm-hmm. But you got to keep it. We got to keep it moving. Mm-hmm. Miles also said, Herbie told me this. He said, Miles said, if the because uh, Herbie came to my, uh, he comes to some of my gigs in LA and stuff, and he was like, man, you got a lot of you know beautiful women here. This is nice. This is mm. great. He's like, Miles would love this. He said, mm. Miles. He said, Miles said, if there are no ladies at your show, your music's dead. <laughs> <laughs> Word. You know Word. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, bro. So that's where I'm at. I, I, I am with it. You know, just. Try to find a way to be honest with yourself and honest with your influences because that's going to make you, you. Other than that, you'll be doing the, the standard very well like everyone else. Mm. Everybody does the standard very well. Everybody's good. Right. You know, everybody's good. Everybody's good. Yeah. Everybody can play changes. Yeah. What, you, what else you got? Right. You know what I mean? Like, what else you got? Mm. You feel me? So I think that other else you got is really being true to who you are. And you'll find out, this is what I have with... And you don't even realize it's like if you just really be honest, mm. you know, who you are. That's beautiful, man. Thank you so much, brother. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, where can people find you? Uh, at the local bar. Hey. Around, no, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> your local brothel, any European. No. Um, I'm at, uh, I'm, I'm on Instagram. Just my name. It's easy. My name, Robert Glasper. I'm on Twitter, Robert Glasper. Those are the two I actually do myself. Gotcha. Facebook, I don't do it myself. Everything else is like Russian bots, right? Exactly. Okay, Russian, every yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Thank you, my brother. Thank you, Jose. Appreciate I appreciate you. it, brother. Yes, sir. This has been 1 plus 2 plus 3 plus 4. I'm Jose James, and today's guest was Robert Glasper. Thank you so much for listening. To hear more episodes, you can find us on our website at www.rainbowblondrecords.com slash podcast. You can subscribe at Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you like what you heard, give us a review. We appreciate the love. And as always, wishing you success on your creative journey. Peace. God damn it. (laughs) The whole thing. For those of you who didn't know, I just did two and a half hours worth of interview with Jose James, and it wasn't recording. It wasn't recording. (laughs) All the, I all told the him gems. all the secrets. All I told the gems. him about how the Holly Berry sex tape I did. Everything went through, and I'm not repeating the Holly Berry sex tape thing. I can't. You know. Well, I did. I, I got that on my keep iPhone. That. Oh yeah. I can't talk up. about it. You can watch it. I just can't talk about. <laughs>